Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Power Ranking Show. I am your host today, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Elliot is out this week. He's resting his voice, getting ready to celebrate a big birthday this weekend. Uh, but today we've got a special guest, Michael Fabiano from Sirius XM Fantasy Sports. Uh, and also another Cowboy fan that we, of course, have to bring on the show because this is really just a Cowboy show. Fabs, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm actually going out with Elliot for his birthday tonight. Uh, Bob Harris from Sirius XM is flying in. And we are taking Elliot to a place called Dantana's in West Hollywood, which is a place I've never been to, but it's supposed to be an amazing Italian restaurant. And obviously with a name like Fabiano, I kind of <laughs> dig Italian food. So he's going to be fun. upset. He's going to be upset because he can't get nachos at an Italian place. Like that's his favorite food of all time is nachos. So yeah, but he's going to get, he's going to get an apple teeny probably yes. <laughs> or some sort of melon flavored alcoholic drink. So he'll be fine. Uh, we love you, Elliot. I feel better. Uh, all right. So today, Fabs, this, this is like our fantasy football primer because we cover a lot of general NFL stuff, history stuff. Uh, but if you are a NFL fan, this is when you start to really get into fantasy football and fantasy sports. So a couple simple questions for you off the top. Uh, but before we get into players, Fabs, what's your favorite type of league to play in? Do you like auction drafts, snake drafts, super flex? Like, what's your personal favorite? I'm traditional. I like the serpentine drafts. Auctions are fun. They just take too long. <laughs> so, I, like, maybe I'll do one max, but I I can't be bothered. It's too long. We've got too much to do, Marcus. I, I can't wait three hours for a draft to complete. But, but if you've got the time, they're fun. Because what's fun available. about an auction though is they're so they're different every time, right? You could be doing an auction draft with the same eleven other people, and just depending on how players are nominated, they're all going to come off at different values. No, agreed. And and everyone's available, right? Like yes, you, you know you have a you have a shot to get anybody that you want. I just time wise, I, I typically don't do them, or if I do, it's like one. So I'm traditional. Give me the the snake draft. And give me a league that's full point PPR and give me a league where and I'm I'm starting to like Superflex more and more. Yeah, yeah. The option to have a second quarterback in your lineup because quarterbacks are so important in the National Football League, but in fantasy football they're not they're devalued because you only start one. Mm-hmm. So I like having two quarterbacks. I like getting return yards and touchdowns for the players and not a special teams unit. I want players to be rewarded for all of their skills and abilities. It always drove me nuts. Like back when I had Reggie Bush and he would return a punt for a touchdown and the Saints special teams would get it. And I'm like, well, I want those points. That was my guy who did it. So I like that as well. But the two QB format is is certainly been growing on me over the last few years. And I still play with kickers and defenses. And I know people are like, uh, kickers suck. I actually have a lot of friends who are kickers in the league or were in the league. And I remember more than uh, more than once where a kicker saved my bacon and I won because the kicker put up a big stat line. Uh, Nick Folk did it for me a bunch of times last year. He was really good. So. I don't mind having kickers and defenses. I don't really incorporate so much in terms of like the return yards and the touchdowns. I want those to go to the players, but I'll add additional 
categories so defenses and special teams have a little more value? So every league that I play in is basically a return yardage league because I love Percy Harvin so much, like 2009, 2010. Ah, Percy Harvin. So, so I've, I've made the rules back then. Hey, we've got to include like punt return and kick return yards because it made Percy Harvin so much fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually really like best ball drafts anymore where it takes out some of the stress of on Sunday morning scrambling to set all your lineups. You just draft your teams and kind of forget about it. Like that. that's... I know that's low maintenance and it's maybe not the most fun for most people, but I, I really enjoy those type of drafts. Now I'll, I'll do probably 12 to maybe 14 of those during the off season. Mike Dempsey, mm -hmm. my pal from Sirius XM, he'll do like 130. Yeah. That's I mean, about it's where bananas. I'm at right now. There's no maintenance there, but there's also no investment. You're just drafting and you're done. So it's also a good way to practice. It's, it's a mock draft, uh, ultimately, but it's got a little bit more on the line because you're, you're, you know, typically throwing some dough, maybe not a lot, but you know, into the pot with best ball. Those are fun too. I like to, I'd rather do a best ball than, you know, just do a, a, a mock draft. Yeah. Well, this way it helps me like test my rankings, right? Cause if I'm ranking, like say Tony Pollard over Ramondre Stevenson, and then I get to a draft and I'm taking Stevenson over Pollard means I need to change something, right? And yeah, that's right. why uh, I, I, I get like it. Those. Yeah, you yeah. get into that spot and you're like, do I want DK or do I want Michael Thomas? Well, I have DK ranked ahead of him, but maybe I should take Thomas, right? And not that I'm saying I would take Thomas over DK. Yeah, right. Michael Thomas is, I don't know what the hell to think of him. But <laughs> you're right. You you get into a, into that draft mindset and there could be a couple of players that you decide to to flip one way or another right. based on the draft and based on your decision. All right. So we're about what, a month and a half from people doing their fantasy drafts. But as of right now, who is your number one pick going into this year? Jonathan Taylor. Now I believe you were the one last year who said that Jonathan Taylor should be the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you. Thank you. Uh, Thank if you. people out there don't know, I'm sure you do. If you listen to this, Marcus is one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to football. And well done. Thank Most you. were saying Christian McCaffrey call. because McCaffrey, of course, is bananas good, but he's always hurt now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you, you may be able to tag him injury prone, but he's actually going top three across the board. And I'm seeing him go number one in some leagues too. And well, I get it. Jonathan Taylor is probably going to see touchdown regression. Historically, a guy who scores 18 plus touchdowns in a single season, the the typical decline, at least in the last like two decades, is like 8.9 touchdowns. Yeah. So I still think he can get you 12 to 15 and the rushing totals will be there. So when, when you when you draft a guy or you have a guy ranked like one, it doesn't necessarily mean that you think he's going to finish mm -hmm. number one. Mm-hmm it means that he is the most likely player to not drastically drop and finish as a top five player based on fantasy points at the position. So like you're not going to lose your fantasy league by right. drafting Jonathan Taylor at one. If he finishes as RB five, like it's not right. going to be that big of a deal. Like Cooper cup. Yeah. Not that I'd be shocked if he finished back to back as the top wide receiver, but he's got no shot. None. Okay. I have a better shot at dating Kim Kardashian once she's done with Pete Davidson. Okay, maybe not. But 
it's just unlikely that Cooper Cup is going to come close to what he did last year. And right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase ended up being the number one wide receiver in fantasy at the end of 2022. But Cooper is in such a great position, great rapport with Stafford, but now he's got Allen Robinson to contend with, uh, where it was Robert Woods last year and to a degree OBJ. But Cooper Cup, even if he drops six to seven points per game, he's still a top five wide receiver. Oh, yeah, easily. Because he was easily. that good. Yeah, even if he sees some touchdown regression, which I'm sure is going to come. Regression's coming across the board. Yeah. Like, unless Allen Robinson gets hurt, Allen Robinson's a good wide receiver. He's a real people, – people don't understand how good Allen Robinson is. Why? He's played with some junk quarterbacks. Like, this guy had two That's top kind, actually. with Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> right? I mean – he had 1,400 yards with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. He's a really good wide receiver. I don't know what the hell happened last season. That whole pass attack was was turned on its head. I mean, Darnell Mooney was the guy that you wanted there. We didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson was probably the biggest bust in fantasy last season based on where he was drafted, and he did not get hurt. But he's a damn good receiver, and he's a cer- certainly an upgrade over Robert Woods. So if you're playing like in a traditional 12-team league, where do you want to draft this year? Like, where's the sweet spot? Because I don't mind drafting at one and taking Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, man, if I get to like the five, six range, that's where I want to be. Where do you want to draft? Yeah, no, I want to be like in the middle, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. So, and I don't care where I'm where I'm picking. You got to be able to win uh, and draft a successful team no matter where your slot is. But yeah, for me, if I can get four or five, somewhere in that area. So I'm not waiting too long. Because if you're at one or you're at the wheel at the back end, you're always waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. So I kind of like the middle. So I'd be uh, in agreement with you there. See, I I, I like the middle um, partly because I'm either grabbing Justin Jefferson or Najee Harris. I I think Najee's going to have a huge this year. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was so bad last year at helping that offense move. I don't love Trubisky. I don't love Kenny Pickett, but I think those guys could be significant upgrades over Ben. And like we said, if you're drafting in the first round, you just want safety. I mean, what's safer than like a guaranteed 400 touches this year for Najee Harris, even if he's not efficient? Right. The dude just touches the ball a ton. The offensive line should be a little bit better this year as well. Should be. And and I I, I get it. It's a lot of wear and tear. He had a lot of touches in college too, but I feel like, yeah, second year guy. Mike Tomlin likes to use that featured back. If Najee's there four or five and I get him, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about myself, right? Because right now it's probably going to be JT at one. And then it's going to be some some order of Henry, McCaffrey, and Eckler. Mm-hmm. And then Harris is going to be there at you know four or five. Yep. And so I'd feel pretty good about getting him there. So you and I have done a bunch of early drafts and early mocks so far. Has there been one player that you're just targeting over ADP right now to make sure that you have on your team because you believe he's going to have a breakout season? I don't know about over ADP, but I want CD Lamb everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about this because I I've been full agreement. I really here. do. And the problem is, like, he just he just keeps moving up. I have him fifth at wide receiver. We know the talent is there. Amari left behind a lot of targets. Gallup is questionable at best to play the start of the season and unlikely, uh, in my opinion. 
They're already talking about Jalen Tolbert starting week one. James Washington is no great shakes. So CD's going to get a lot of targets. So this is going to be the year. And he hasn't broken out. Like CD's had two good years, but he hasn't broken out. Like he hasn't hit his ceiling yet. Yeah. Oh, this, not is, even this, close. This, this is the season where he can potentially hit that ceiling. And so you're going to be, you're going to have to be around the, the turn to get him. So like late first round, you probably draft the running back and then on the turn, he'll be there and you can get him there because I don't even know that he'll be there in the middle of the second round or the end of the second round. Cause the, the hype machine is, is already uh, in, in full swing. He's, he's really moved up and I, I got him ahead of Debo. I've got him mm-hmm. ahead of a lot of big name guys uh, at that position. Cause I feel real. I got him ahead of Tyreek. I got him ahead of Evans. He's, I got him ahead of Keenan Allen. He's, he's, he's primed for a big season. I have him as wide receiver four right now behind Cup, Jefferson, and Chase. Just because, I mean, you mentioned it. I don't think Gallup is going to play week one at all. And I actually think the Cowboys are going to be really careful with him. So I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see Michael Gallup until week five, week six. And even when he gets back, I mean, how many targets are you going to give a rookie Jalen Tolbert and James Washington who hasn't practiced all offseason and I mean, they just don't have a lot of other weapons, Bab. So I, I, I could see him being somebody that gets legitimately twenty-five to thirty more targets than we saw last year. And we know, I mean, if you're approaching the one fifty range in targets, you've got a great chance to finish as the wide receiver one. Right. Uh, Dak is a guy who has, you know, has supported uh, Lamb and Cooper the last few years being uh in a in a position where he's got a couple of top 20 fantasy wide receivers well you you do know that down to just one guy and uh, dalton schultz is in for a big year and i think cd lamb is also in for uh, a breakout campaign all right the the other guy for me that i've been drafting a ton late second round sometimes he even falls into the third round is, is mike evans for a lot of the same reasons I lo- right love evans yeah love him Chris Goblin, major knee injury, certainly not a, a going to play in week one. Seems like that's very questionable. Tampa Bay led the NFL in passing attempts last year. Rob Gronkowski's gone. Leonard Fournette looks like he's about 275 pounds right now. And we know that Evans, all every single year, he's a lock to get over 1,000 yards. Why couldn't he be the guy that Brady just peppers with targets, especially early in the season, where we just see six, seven games straight of double-digit targets? Right. I mean, and he's had what 27 touchdowns combined yeah. with Brady. So his, his over under touchdown total is like 10 and a half. And it seems like a sucker bet. I almost want to go under there. I'm like, all right, he'll get 10. It's just a health related bet. Right. That's for me. If he plays 16, 17 games, he's going over. Yes. Right. And you know, no Gronkowski, but also you have to consider that he's going to draw the most defensive attention until Godwin comes back and, you know, Cameron Braid or, you know, Kate Otten's not going to draw defenses. Uh, so that could be a bit of an issue for Evans, but he's been in the league so long. He's dealt with number ones plenty of times in the past. And I, I could easily see him having 13 or 1400 yards and like 10 to 12 touchdowns. Easy. Easy. Yeah. And again, you can get them most of the time middle second round sometimes even way later than that just depending on the draft the format all that kind of stuff uh, you mentioned that you love to play in these two quarterback leagues super flex leagues uh 
I do as well, just because there's so many quarterbacks out there. Is there a guy after the top, you know, 12, 13, 14 quarterbacks that you've loved drafting so far this offseason? Well, Trey Lance would be, and he's not a traditional sleeper, but we haven't seen him do anything really. He's barely played in the league. But I've got him, I've got him in that top 14. Yep. Derek Carr is another guy that I really like. I mean, you get Devontae Adams now, his pal from Fresno State. He was the QB 14 last year. You can't you, you can't tell me that he can't move up four spots now that he's got, you know, his BFF in the passing game. So Derek Carr is somebody that I like targeting. And the position's so deep, there's so much potential. I mean, even down to like, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. Like Mitchell Trubisky, sure. he's been a top 20 quarterback in the league, not that often, but he's got the best weapons he's ever had in the NFL. Right? It's certainly better than he had in Chicago. And so not that Trubisky is going to come out and light the world on fire, but I think Trubisky may be a little more useful and maybe a more of an asset to fantasy fans than, than maybe some people are projecting. Now, do I see him throwing the ball over 600 times like Roethlisberger? No, no I don't. No. Uh, he's got to prove himself, I think, uh, to a lot of folks out there in the NFL and fantasy landscapes, but the the potential is, is certainly there. He can run with the ball too. I mean, he's a guy who can get you, you know, three or 350 on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I think if you want to go like sort of deep sleeper, uh, Trubisky would be that guy. I want to say Zach free, Wilson. Right? I yeah. want to say Zach Wilson, but that's only because he's a milf hunter. Apparently. <laughs> did, did you see the new t-shirt now that they have out? No, I didn't. It's uh well, I mean, this is a family program, but uh, throwing bombs and blanking moms. <laughs> Zach like Wilson might be my favorite NFL new quarterback. Players, like when that came out, and who knows if it's even true? I don't know. All I know is that Zach Wilson brought two college cheerleaders, two, to his senior prom, two college cheerleaders. His former girlfriend is a smoke show. And then he brought some internet media influencer to a Yankees game, and she was a smoke show. And his mom is quite attractive. And so I'm sure she has some attractive friends and now he's, yeah. So I guess Zach Wilson would be good in some other sort of fantasy format, if you know what I mean. But I also feel like they brought in Garrett Wilson. Hopefully Elijah Moore will be able to stay healthy for an entire season. You know, they brought in two free agent tight ends. They drafted Brees Hall. And last year, Zach Wilson, for the most part, was useless from a fantasy standpoint. You know, may, and and like I get it, Jets quarterbacks that they've drafted have not. Have you gone back and look at the history, by the way, of the Jets uh, and like the draft, the, the, yeah. the quarterbacks that they've drafted prominently, they have I, they have whiffed every single time. What was your favorite whiff? Was it Christian Hackenberg? Was it Bryce? Oh, Petty? dude, Hackenberg was. I mean, now he was like what top of the second round. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he threw a pass for them. He was that bad. Like he, I don't he think was he threw a pass atrocious. for them. But like it's and I have friends who are Jets fans and it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with the Jets. This is a new regime. You know, Douglas is the guy now and you know, we've got, you know, Robert. Sal- OK. You drafted Darnold. He sucked. You drafted Sanchez. Now, Sanchez got you to the AFC championship was game a couple was of fine. times, but he wasn't a good quarterback. Right? I mean, he wasn't he was he was a game manager. He wasn't a good quarterback. Chad Pennington was OK. Geno Smith stunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's 
ridiculous. Well, Paddington uh, was the best by far that they've drafted. I don't know, I'm not even sure it's close. Joe Namath, since Joe Namath. Yeah, yeah since Joe Namath. Yep. The best. Since Joe Namath, Pennington's the best. And Pennington was an average quarterback in the NFL. It, it It's bananas how, like, that trend has continued for a long, long time. Far before you and I were even born, the Jets were making really bad decisions at quarterback. Uh, or th- there's some sort of curse, a yeah. gangrene curse when they draft a quarterback highly. And I get it. It's just a trend, but I love trends. It's fun to talk. It's fun to talk crap, especially to my Jets fans, uh, <laughs> pals who are, are, you know, Darnold's bringing us to the Super Bowl. Oh. Sanchez is bringing us to the Super Bowl. If you guys are, you know, going with him as paying customers, that's about the only way you're going. The so, NFL I mean, need- knows. At least Zach Wilson's fun to talk about off the field. We need a, a bad boy at quarterback. We haven't had one for a little bit. But then I think, can we really have a bad boy quarterback that went to BYU? And then I remember Jim McMahon went to BYU. So, right. I, of but course I mean, we like, can, right? He's too, he's too pretty to be a bad boy. Yeah, I know. I, and I is know. it That's... ironic that his school mascot is the Cougars? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Uh, so good. Uh, I want your thoughts on Jameis Winston. That's been somebody I've been drafting as my QB. Yeah, no, I like him too. I I do. Last year, we didn't get a, I think he played seven games and the majority of his touchdowns came in that first game against the Packers. I think he had Mm -hmm. five, Mm -hmm. but he he didn't turn the ball over as much. Maybe the LASIK worked. We expect Michael Thomas to come back. At some point at least, right? Chris Olave comes in. They, they, they bring in Jarvis. Camaro will be there for the majority of the season. I don't know if he's going to be suspended or not. I haven't really heard anything about mm-hmm. that in the last few weeks. Would be nice to know NFL from a fantasy perspective. We kind of need to know where and if to draft him. And so they are also in a division where you know, they play Atlanta twice, you know, Carolina. Their defense isn't bad, though. They're going to play. The, they're going to have to throw the ball against Tampa mm-hmm. to have any shot of beating them. So, yeah, Jameis could end up being a pretty good draft bargain. Uh, and certainly he's ahead of a guy like Trubisky. It's funny that Jameis has been a top five fantasy quarterback. And in that year he had 30 picks. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's that, I mean, he played well last year. I thought he looked like a competent NFL quarterback with a really bad wide receiving core. Like they were throwing to Marquez Calloway and was it Deontay Harris for a lot of that time. Like that was a bad unit, and he was still productive. You would like to see the passing yards go up and the, the mm-hmm. volume go up, but I think as your QB2 on a team that's going to have a pretty good offensive line and yep. certainly better skill players, it's hard to go wrong there. So, uh, all right, that's it for our fantasy talk. That's That was just a little appetizer why I brought you on the show. We, we really want to talk about NFL uniforms for just a couple of minutes because this is oh, what we we're both man. very passionate about. Um, I want to know. Right now, what is the best NFL uniform of all time? Now, you can go with some alternates if you want to do that or like ones that we only saw for a couple of years. But if you had to pick one, the best uniform of all time. Dude, it's the Cowboys Royal Blues from the 70s that they refuse to wear. Yes. Yep. Those are glorious, as my pal Dave Damashek would say. Glorious. This is like the Staubach era. And Danny White, that era began with those royal blues and like the silver pants. They don't wear them anymore. I don't know. They're, I mean, Bob Lilly was wearing those, those things were the best. Now, my favorite color is blue, and I'm a Cowboys fan. So I'm certainly a bit biased. 
So I'll give you a few others. Okay. The red Pat the Patriot uniforms from the 80s. With the white uh, helmets? Yes. Yes. And by the way, I have a bunch of helmets behind me, as you can see. The Houston Oilers, Potter Blues, mm. glorious. The Earl Campbell jersey looks yes. incredible with that. Glorious. Yep. And I even like the whites, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then basically any Chargers uniform. You, you can go back to, like, way back when... When it's like back to like the Lance Allworth days where they had the black number on the side of the helmet. I have that helmet too. I've got a bunch of them. Love it. Then you fast forward to like the eighties with Dan Fouts with the, with the Navy blue, with the yellow lightning bolt and the, the, the Royal blue uniforms with the yellow pants. Awesome. And even now, right. I mean, like, the the helmets they have now, you know, mixing in a little bit of the powder blue, they're they're awesome. Like that, even like you know, like during Ladanian's tenure oh, yeah. there, like oh yeah, they they have not had a bad helmet. The Chargers in history have not had a bad helmet at all. Uh, the Buccaneers, give me the cream sickles. I don't care if you think they're ugly; they're not. Those are awesome. Like I can't wait to see Brady wear the cream sickles. I love right. go ahead. So much, and I know that like they've won with these uniforms, so they're never going to go back. But I love the cream sickles, man. Those are I, dude. I can go through so many. The the Eagles Kelly Greens. That's the one I got pulled up right here. That's that's my favorite jersey of all time. The Kelly Green with the the green helmets with like the silver wings on them. And, like they look yeah. so cool. And even like the old white helmets with the green wings were pretty cool. Oh too. yeah, yeah. So that's my favorite uniform of all time. I wish Philly would just go back to that one permanently. Yeah. I've said it. And when I worked for the NFL, I, I mentioned this. And of course, you know, it went nowhere. Why not every season or maybe you alternate seasons, you put aside maybe three or four weeks where you're celebrating the history of the league by going back and wearing the old uniforms. So they would sell a million seven, jerseys, right? In week seven, everybody wears jerseys from the seventies. And if your team didn't exist in the seventies, well, then you can wear whatever eighties, all the teams wear the jerseys of the eighties in week eight. Like that would be so much fun. Like, why not do that? Like the Jersey sales would go up. People love that stuff. People are nostalgic, right? We love that stuff. So I hell, I mean, I actually like the jets helmets. Now they look pretty good, but let's go back to like the Richard Todd helmets back in the day, man. Yeah. Right. Freeman McNeil, Al Toon, like the sack exchange, like those, those uniforms are great. And by the way, Miami dolphins, Brian greasy era, the actual dolphins logo. That's not this crappy, stupid looking dolphin. They have now you go back to the, the glorious teal with the white, with the white helmet and the, the, the gray face mask. Giddy up that that's a, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good looking uniform. And the one I'm excited about for this year is that the Bengals, they're teasing the white Bengal. Oh my uniform. gosh. looks great. That is going to be awesome. The white helmet with the tiger stripes. Oh, it's going to be so Dude, good. I'm buying that. Like I, I am all over that helmet. That is going to look great. And I like the old school Bengals helmets too, from the seventies, like the Ken Anderson, you know, era before they went to the tiger stripes that it just says Bengals on the side. I have oh, that yeah. one too. Yep. And then, you know, obviously you go, you know, you got the Cowboys are, are, are good. The Steelers, the Raiders, you know, the old, well, I have a hot take about the Cowboys. I don't like their white jerseys. I, I, I don't like them. 
the the ones that we wear ninety percent of the time. You mean? Yes, I I don't like those. I see. I I get really excited when they wear their blues. I know there's this stigma about how bad they play in their blues, but it just they look so much better. You know, Elliot will tell you this that back in the day, teams would wear white uniforms at home to force the Cowboys to wear the navies because yes. teams felt like they had an advantage when the Cowboys wore the navies. I don't like the navies because I mean, I, okay, I don't. I'm I'm saying I don't like them. I prefer the Royal Blues, and they won't bring them back. I don't know why they won't bring them back. That's such a well, great-looking uniform. My my favorite uniform for the Cowboys of all time are the ones that they used to wear on Thanksgiving, the blue and the white ones. With the star? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But not yeah. the star from, like, the 94 season, the big stars of the shoulder pads. I like the ones that are just the it's just the white on top. Those ones are you, my favorite. So you like the white helmet with the with the solid blue star? Yes. Yes. Yep. It's so good. Uh, how about worst jerseys of all time? Because I've got, yeah. You mean this you one? Yes. Uh, Fabs is showing it. That's my favorite helmet ever. I need to buy one of those. Uh, worst yeah, jerseys yeah, ever. Check I, this one out. I created this one. I know you can't see it. Oh, that's the that 1960 logo for the Cowboys on there. Isn't that awesome? Love it. That is awesome. I'm very yep. jealous. Uh, worst jerseys of all time. You can go alternate. You can go just usual ones that they wear You know, on the weekly basis. I hate the Steelers bumblebee uniforms. I think they suck. <laughs> I hate the. Do you remember the Broncos, the ones that look like a banana peel? Yeah, they're like yellow yes. and brown. I think those yes. are awful. What, what? Which ones do you hate? There's a lot. Um, <laughs> when the Buccaneers wore the alarm clock numbers, yes, yeah. Oh, they were so hard to read. That was yes. garbage. The Seahawks wearing those horrible green uniforms. Yep, that's a good one. Those are brutal. A, a lot of like the color rush crap, like the the mustard Jaguars uniforms. Oh uh, yeah, what I hate I hate or whatever is awful. Uh, I hate those were. The, I don't I don't particularly like when the uniform is all the same color, shirt and pants. I I don't I don't really like that. Um, I'm just trying to think now off the top of my head some other like really atrocious uniforms. I, I didn't like when the Jaguars had a had a, a dual colored helmet remember it was like black yeah. and black, black in the front like the back. I, yeah, I don't that, like the lions all gray uniforms that they've been wearing lately no, yeah no nah, yeah i'm not see i'm not i'm not into into that um at all do you remember the the lime green seahawks jerseys that they used to wear with like the yeah, blue on a, the yeah side? the antifreeze jerseys those things are horrible and the, the seahawks by the way and i like the navies but go back to the zorn largent silver helmets with those beautiful blue uniforms and the gray pants. Those are awesome, dude. Those are so nice. But yeah, the, the, those are the color rush ones to are. And, and then the Buffalo bills where wore one oh. during the Bledsoe era that were ugly as hell too. like McGahey was there too. Those that's the JP Lossman era. So it just yeah, reminds yeah, me of were, JP Lossman. Yes. Bad. I, I, I did not, I did not care for those. Atlanta's got to go back to the red. Oh, and see, I, I disagree. I think they because of the dirty bird and the black, like you know. It, I it, want them it, to I go like back the to the Jerry Glanville, all black, everything. Like those ones are great, but not the way that they've done them re recently. Like go back to the '90s Falcons, dude. Go back to the '80s Falcons with Bartowski and William Andrews, right? With those red helmets and the red jerseys and the gray pants. Those, those, yeah, my I disagree friend, were badass. I like the all black ones. The, bl the black ones were great. All black helmets. I, well, they had the black helmets, the black yes, shirt, and the black uh, shirt and, and black the pants. pants. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, with the gray pants. Yes, those yeah, are yeah, those yeah. are really good. The Broncos used to have. I like the helmet, but it was a Bronco that looked like it was drunk. And I actually have the helmet. Hold on. Hang on. I'm going to get it. Uh, yes. This one. I know Does people he... can't see it. The Bronco looks drunk. He's like, <laughs> somebody dropped a little something into my water. Um, but the helmets were cool. The uniforms were ugly. Uh, the uniforms this is, this... Uh, uh, for that. I don't know. I got to ask Elliot if it was sixties, I think it was sixties Broncos, but it was not, it was not, uh, not all that good. Not all that good, but the, the Jersey they should bring back and they won't is the, the, the Oilers. The, I mean, the fact oh, that yeah. that uniform is not active is, is a travesty. Yeah. But who would get it with the, with the Titans or the Texans get it? I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I mean, like, just I mean, somebody it, wear it. it. It belongs. It belongs in Houston, as far as I'm concerned. It belongs in Houston. I agree. I agree. They should have. Uh, they should have. You know, talked uh, to the Titans and said, "Hey, listen, you guys don't want to be the Oilers. Get it. We're in Houston. The Texans, like, I don't. I don't dislike, and they have a, a new red helmet that's coming out that you know that looks pretty cool. But I don't know, like, just I want. I want them to go back to the old ones. Better. Yeah. I, Hundred percent agree. What uh, do you think about the black Saints helmets that they're coming out with? I like I them. Li- yeah, I, I I like them, but I just like the Saints all black uniforms, anyways. With the with their current helmets, I don't think they really need to change anything. I like theirs. Yeah, I just don't like the down the middle of the helmet. They have like a like all these Florida Lees, and I feel like that maybe eh, all right. It's a little too much, but I still like the helmet. I think it's I think it looks good, and but I I can't wait for like some of these throwback matchups and, and, you know, the NFL should do stuff like that, but uh, they, they haven't, they at least they're allowing teams to, to wear alternate helmets and jerseys and that kind of thing. But uh, you know, it's an un- a really underrated uniform and Elliot knows this for sure. The old Cardinals uniforms. Oh yeah. Like the yes. Neil Lomax days. Yes. Roy green, OJ Anderson. Like those were not, yeah, the white ones were good. The red ones were good too. I know Elliot loves those. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you know, another ugly Jersey that just, just popped into my head and maybe, maybe it's because they beat us in the NFC championship game and I'm still not over it. Remember when the Niners wore those red jerseys with the white numbers, white. but it had like the black shadow behind it. Yeah. And the white I hated pants. those. Yeah, the Niners yep. jerseys from the Joe Montana era were so good, and then they went and messed with them. And I don't like those jerseys, but they also it also brings back bad memories too. Because you, you remember you remember being down twenty one nothing in the blink of an eye. Eric Davis picks pick sixes. Troy Aikman Switzer got that fifteen yard penalty for complaining about a a, a pi, and we end up losing thirty eight twenty eight. So you know we we scored we outscored them the rest of the game, but. Oh, so every time I see that stupid Jersey, I think of, I think of the Cowboys blowing that game. I mean, I was like four, but I do remember watching that game on reruns and on YouTube. Thanks for making me (laughs) feel old, Marcus. Uh, This is the most fun I think I've had doing a power ranking show. This is uh, talking uniforms and helmets is something that I could do all day. So this was, this was a blast. Yeah, I'm into Uh, it. Uh, all right, you guys can check out Fabs on Twitter at Michael Fabiano. Make sure you check him out on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports. Uh, got a long couple drives coming up this uh, week that I'm excited to put on Sirius. Let my 
wife chill out in the back seat and just listen to the show. I'm I'm really pumped up. Uh, you can follow the Power Ranking Show on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us and download us wherever you get your podcasts. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. You can follow Elliot, who will be back next week on Twitter at Harrison NFL. When was the last time he tweeted? By the way, mine is at Michael underscore Fabiano. If you go to at Michael Fabiano, it's an opera singer who I've actually interviewed. <laughs> it was really weird I that I was wrong? interviewing Michael Fabiano. And what I was his nickname right. growing up? Fabs. So, I mean, like, that's pretty, I, pretty easy. We got to get Elliot to tweet more. Okay. He's got to, he's got to, he's, listen, he needs to spend less time on his hair and more time tweeting. And I will tell he'll, him that he'll tonight. Get there. Once he, once he starts to feel a little bit better, I will, we'll get him tweeting. The season, the NFL season's coming up. Listen, I'm sure he'll, he'll have some, some good takes for us. I just, uh, I had a bike accident. I busted my wrist. I got a torn rotator cuff. I got to have surgery before the season starts. I feel like a player. So Elliot can suck it up. He can suck it up. Nah, I love Elliot. Yeah, we love Elliot. Uh, He'll be back next week. Uh, Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time.